Hello and welcome to The Gathering Podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of The Gathering Cardiff Podcast. This week we are speaking to Georgia, who is a member here at The Gathering and has been for a few years and has done some pretty exciting stuff with us so far. We're really excited about this episode and we just wanted to say a massive thank you for listening so far to this series. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Please send us in any requests you have for any future episodes, um, people you'd like to hear us talk to. Um, Yeah, continue listening, share everywhere to social media if you'd like. And we really hope that you have enjoyed this series, learning a little bit about the history of the gathering as part of our 10-year anniversaries. This is unfortunately the last episode in this series, but we will be back in the summer as we prepare for Pride and Pride Cymru. We hope you will join us then. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of the Gathering Podcast. Uh, Today, we are delighted to be joined by Georgia. Georgia, do you want to introduce yourself? everyone I'm Georgia I'm a current postgrad student here in Cardiff um, and I've been with the gathering since I was I don't know a couple of weeks into my undergrad so coming up on four years now which is pretty wild um yeah that's who I am brilliant um so uh just give us a bit of an introduction to who you are um uh, so you're a student here um but why did you start to come to the gathering so I uh, when I was initially looking at unis way back when um kind of was like in my top couple but then I on an open day me and my mum we came to the chaplaincy where Dell also works and there was like a little leaflet for the gathering in there and I was like huh cool so basically I sort of half my decision to come to Cardiff specifically was because the gathering was here because I, you know, I was raised Baptist um, in not a particularly nice environment to be queer in, and I needed an affirming community. And I thought, fantastic, Cardiff has one of those, and I like it anyway. Let's go here. So it wasn't necessarily I got to Cardiff and found out about the gathering and came from there. It was sort of the other way around. Awesome, which is probably the backwards way of everyone else who's come to the gathering normally. <laughs> uh, most people uh, find out about us when they're here, uh, as opposed to finding out about us and that being the reason. I'm glad that we're the reason though. Uh, that's really exciting. And that that's like such a draw as well, potentially for some people. So you uh, grew up Baptist. I was just wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about your uh, growing up and your growing up uh, in faith as well? Yeah, so my family was very involved in the local Baptist church. You know, my mum did uh, youth work. My dad was like the lead safeguarding guy. You know, we were there all the time. This this church basically like raised me. Um, and it was sort of, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with how Baptist churches work, um, something that I do quite like about them in general, but in this case wasn't particularly helpful, is they have like a regulating body called the Baptist Union, but they're mostly self-regulating. So, um, you know, you can do what you want essentially, and you don't have like a like a bishop or anyone 
to tell you not to, as long as you're within the sort of general rules of the Baptist Union. And then, of course, even if they kick you out of the Baptist Union, you can still continue to operate as a church. Um, so it's much more sort of ground up in terms of how it runs. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there are pros and cons to that. One of the cons means that you need like a majority vote in a members meeting to do stuff like take out the ridiculously old piano um, and get a better one. Um, so, yeah, those meetings were like long and <laughs> largely unfruitful. Um, but another con about being largely self-regulating is that when um, you get a new minister in, he can pretty much do what he wants within reason obviously um so yeah I think I was around 15 we had a new minister come in and um you know at first everyone was like oh you know he's very sort of excited about coming in and making some changes and stuff like that um but what it meant for me specifically is he phased out the the older youth group um like Sunday thing so the kids would still go out on a Sunday morning but we had to sit in and I didn't like that because I personally learned by like asking questions and all that sort of stuff um and it also meant that you know half of the reason why I came to church was to see my friends and talk to them and I couldn't do that you, you probably know about um and yeah I have nothing nothing else to say really um <laughs> I also there was also the question of me coming out publicly in church because I was in the band, um, as it mm. goes, quiz in the band, yeah, uh, Unite. Um, and I had been in the band. There was like a few sort of bands and we rotated. Um, but I'd been doing worship since I was like 13 years old. In hindsight, they definitely should not have let me do that because I was awful. But you know what? When you got a kid, they're just learning guitar. Um, you want to support them go on um uh, yeah I'm glad that those early sort of years weren't recorded they got fancy new sort of equipment yeah. now um but yeah so I really came into my own in faith through the band and through worship that's how I connect with God primarily um so there was this this big sort of question that they didn't want to ask about whether I could continue to stay in the band um, whether it was up to the band members, was it up to the general membership? Because at the time I was under 18, so I couldn't be a member. So I, you know, this sort of thing would have been happening without my input. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you can be 16 in a membership and member now, but, um, yeah. And my dad, he's a very straightforward person. I love my dad. I'm very much like him. So when I came out to my parents, there was sort of a weird few months where we didn't mention it at all but then gradually you know as they got used to the idea um you know we talked about it more and the first thing that my dad did when he sort of got his head around the idea that I'm queer um is he sat me down and he was like are there any questions you want to ask the church and I was like yes obviously and then he made like a table he was like can a gay person do these things what if they're married what if they're not married like he made a table of like leadership band leadership membership marriage um eldership all of those things baptized yeah. and and he and he submitted it in an email and he was like I want this table filled out and um well that never got done because that would be 
putting a yes or no tick in a box where they want to be as vague as possible. He never got a response to that table. And there wasn't like a big dramatic, like, I'm not going back to church. You suck kind of thing. It was just sort of, as I felt less able to be there in that Mm. space, I just sort of dropped off. And it wasn't really a big deal because of, you know, I was in my late teens and churches generally see like a like a quite a big drop off at that point because teenagers want to, yeah. you know, go and do other fun things and not sit in church. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't noticeable to anyone like else that didn't know about it. So you'd get sort of like, you know, these old ladies who basically raised me be like, oh, where's Georgia today? And my mum would be like, oh, you know, Georgia's doing some homework or whatever, you know. And it, it wasn't like a big deal. And then suddenly I just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And it came, it, it took a long time for me to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't welcome there anymore because, because I'd taken the initiative to sort of phase myself out of it. I thought that wouldn't hurt as much as sort of like a, you can't come back confrontation. But, you know, the outcome is the same. I, I wasn't welcome and I couldn't go back. And, you know, I, I missed that place. I, mm. you know, that was the only church I went to since I was an infant. Um, you know, my parents, they met there, they got married there. Um, you know, me and my brothers, we were baptized. No, not baptized. What's the other one? Me and my brothers, we were dedicated there. We were raised there. And now that's not somewhere that I can be anymore and it's it's a real shame and um yeah I remember I was in the first year of college and me and one of my friends um we wanted to do a documentary about being queer in the church um and there was a local minister um who I'm friends with who got fired from his position as minister of um a different local Baptist church in one of the surrounding villages um when he came out so he came out, um, he divorced from his wife and he got fired in very rapid succession. Um, quote unquote, because of the divorce, but you know, that doesn't float when mm. you can look at previous pastors and be like, well, that one was divorced, that one was divorced, that one was also divorced. So it wasn't that, was it? So, so we interviewed him and we made up like this questionnaire and we were going to get the the opinions of some people in church because this was sort of before I completely left. I was still sort of, I would mostly only come on the weeks that we were scheduled to be in worship and then I would just sort of leave. <laughs> I'd go on, do a few songs, buzz off again. <laughs> um, so I had a meeting with the minister and one of the associate ministers about this. And my friend couldn't be there because he was horribly hungover. What it was supposed to be was supposed to be this meeting about you know can we use one of your rooms to do this documentary in um would you be comfortable with us naming you in the documentary you know this baptist church or using like any sort of establishing shots of the outside that was supposed to be what the meeting was about instead it was several hours of just me having to like just fight with my absolute life and defend myself theologically uh you know (laughs) in front of this this you know this these these two pastors um 
by myself you know I it was awful it was no yeah. good um and that sort of informed my decision to study theology so I'm a I'm a postgrad doing my MTH at the moment and my undergraduate was joint with English literature because I was like well I'm really good at English literature I do love it but you know if I'm going to continue being queer in the church I need some sort of backup here you know I can't just I need some credibility and I thought get an undergrad in religious studies that's the easiest way to get some credibility good job <laughs> uh, <laughs> it turns out I actually just really love it and I have like a I just love learning about the bible like properly mm. you know like with context and I don't know properly like actually not just like some guy who um is volunteering to be the youth leader who will dodge around any question you ask even if it's a reasonable one um and believe me I ask plenty of unreasonable <laughs> ones now. so yeah that's why I chose to, to to study um theology was to sort of be better prepared in in these situations and and it was it was born out of this really awful meeting that I had with with the with the minister and the associate minister where I didn't you know I thought I would be prepared if someone challenged me but then when it came to these two men in positions of power and you know I was there just like 17 like I don't I can't I can't do I can't do this so now I mean I would I wouldn't have any reason to go and talk to them now but if I did <laughs> I would be much better prepared um but it is you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that that's part of the reason why I decided to study theology. It wasn't purely because of the love of it, mm. um, although that was part of it. I think that especially teenagers or people who are then older, young adults and adults who are not straight and not cisgendered um, get a really... <laughs> passionate development of contextual bible readings um because i know i certainly did as well um so yeah uh like similar to you had to have discussions um with uh, a past church leader and um that was not my bag i was a little bit older than you were but i wasn't you know a completely different field of work i'd never done like theological study or anything uh, which i've you know started to do since <laughs> um, and uh yeah, that's it's really interesting, isn't it? How your like knowledge and scope of theology can be formed by those kinds of things and actually develop then an interest. Um, basically, what has had to be self-defense and how you affirm yourself with God actually develops into being an, a genuine interest. Yeah, 100 percent, because I started doing you know, independent biblical study when I sort of realized, had this realization that I was gay. Um, around 14 and it kind of floored me and I thought hold on a minute what about what about the big man big man in the sky what what's it what's going on here because my sort of church culture was very secretive it was very this is something that happens outside of church but we're not going to talk about it in church certainly not productively um you know, I didn't know the word gay until I <laughs> moved into secondary school, aged eleven, and uh, it was the it was the it was the word of the hour. Um, oh, it's really gay. What does that mean? Um, 
so yeah I'd only really heard it as like a like a bad thing that you shouldn't say yeah like a like a swear word like when someone swears in primary school and everyone's like ah. that was that was my entire understanding of being gay back yeah. then um and it turns out I actually have um like a couple of my godparents are queer and Christian um I just didn't know when I was when I was younger because it wasn't something that was that was ever spoken about and yeah. um credit to my parents they would talk about it now like if my brothers my younger brothers didn't already know that this uncle's gay or whatever they would have they would say now but it took them a long time to get to that point um I remember when I initially came out to them I was 16 um they asked me not to tell my brothers my younger brothers they are um two and four years younger than me so yeah that was hard and obviously I did purely out of spite I was like no I will <laughs> I will actually <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so I I had this realization that I was gay age sort of 14 and had to start doing independent biblical study because I was like I actually you know I know that lots of Christians have a bee in their bonnet about gay people and I know that I'm not allowed to talk about it in church but why you know and um thankfully by the time I had to do that in like 2014, there was plenty of internet res uh, like resources, um, sort of, you know, pages of these are the clubber passages and this is what they were probably actually about. And also here's why they shouldn't determine your entire biblical view about gay people. And then like, you know, here's, I don't know, loads of historical context about, about, um, homoerotic relationships in in ancient Rome and you know all these sorts of things that I had yeah. to teach myself to 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 be okay with with myself and with God and yeah like you say it's a shame that sort of our passion for biblical study had to be born out of self-defense um but you know I love it now with a few people from the gathering we're doing like a like a reading through the bible in a year and as much as it is good to read the Bible, obviously, um, I find it very difficult to get anything out of it when I'm just reading it. Um, you know, it's not until I do sort of independent secondary reading or I have a class on it, um, that I'm like, oh, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, I find it very difficult just to read it. Um, and then of course, there's, there's lots of books, well, lots of books, mostly numbers, that I'm like, this is probably, you know, this is as a, as a historical artifact, incredible, fantastic, love that we have it as a sacred text, awful, terrible, don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's a difficult book. <laughs> yeah, it's not often you get. Document. Fantastic, excellent, <laughs> well done. Yeah. I don't want to be reading that though, <laughs> for fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's not often you get to hear a sermon on it. <laughs> No, 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 it's not often that someone will, um, you know, read. I mean, I'm not Anglican, so I don't particularly know the lectionary, but I don't imagine you have numbers just like hanging out in the lectionary. Yeah, every week, like, <laughs> go through it all. Everyone's in church, like, yes, <laughs> you read those names. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you mentioned a little bit about um, that you're involved in this group reading through the Bible with the gathering. I was just wondering if you could tell me about your early gathering experiences and what coming to the um, like services for the first time was like. So it was very scary. So picture it. I'm freshly 18. My birthday's in July, so I really was freshly 18. Just moved into this, this new city, settling into halls, worst decision I've ever made. Halls are awful. They're just terrible. Anyway, I, I think it was a couple of weeks in, because I've been like building up my, uh, my courage. Um, and I showed up like 15 minutes early. I think it was maybe the first session that you led. So you were scared, I was scared. There were a couple of new people that were also scared. Um, <laughs> like it was really good, but it was just like, I just remember the, the sort of 10 minutes beforehand where we were all sort of unsure yeah what was going on <laughs> um and then you know sort of we settled into it it was it was really good to have a discussion and um yeah like I, I prefer sort of discussion based learning um especially about the bible I you know even if a sermon is very gripping I do tend to just zone out um and as a Baptist that's not particularly brilliant because um Baptist sermons tend to be about 40 minutes so <laughs> anyway um so yeah having the discussion was like oh wow I can do this I can I've got things to say and um I can make friends like this and I remember the first few weeks of coming because the way the gathering is made up of people um who don't necessarily live in Cardiff it tends to change week to week of who's there so I remember the first few weeks there was rarely like one person that was there every week so it's like I'm doing this again you know so that was quite nerve-wracking but um yeah it's a fantastic community and I just sort of fell into it really easily and I was like wow this is what I've been missing these past few years of of not really going to church but when I went to church sort of walling myself off before Covid hit we got a nice little band going and that was uh, that was fantastic because as I said I you know through worship and through being in the band at some capacity is how I connect with God so being able to do that again for the first time since since I was in, in secondary school um sort of for the first time as a queer person and it wasn't an issue you know yeah like it was just fantastic and like really healing and I can't wait to to start the band up again basically yeah yeah um yeah risk assessments allow it now so uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll start practice after Easter <laughs> um that's really encouraging isn't it um to be able to uh go back into using gifts that you had that stripped away from you basically and to be able to use that now as as a whole you in that community yeah. I didn't have to leave anything behind to... yeah yeah and so what was that like um also not just leading worship on like a Sunday worship um, but also um in the faith tent for Pride Cymru so this was my first time being in a Pride march I'd like gone along to see the London one and I was sort of like lot of people here is it there that was basically my feeling <laughs> um 
so yeah, the Pride Cymru, was it 2018? 2019. 2019. 2019. Um, so we marched with the Flandau Diocese and as the gathering. Um, and it was just wonderful. Like we were just, you know, the fact that the, the local Anglican Diocese was there was staggering. I was like, I did not expect that. Yeah. And there was, you know, quite a few people from from the diocese there, just like hanging out, like, let's do this Pride March. And, oh yeah, it was so good. And it was, um, so it was in the summer. So I had gone to live at home. I was working at a sandwich factory and it was no good. So I got to come back up for like the weekend, see all my friends, do a Pride March. It was, it was fantastic. It was like really nice weather. Um, and the pride tent itself was like the, the faith tent even. I was like amazed that that, you know, exists. <laughs> um, and we did, we did all sorts of events. We did, um, there, was a, there was a Eucharist that Sarah led and that was fantastic. There was like a, like a drag queen story time. We did some band stuff. Um, and we got some cool like traders wristbands. <laughs> so we didn't have to pay to go in. <laughs> child for us yeah <laughs> um yeah and then I think it might have been that night or the night after we all went back to the URC for like an actual service and that was like the highlight of the weekend for me because it was there was a lot of people there like more than usual and you know the, the band stuff just felt so good mm. um it was fantastic and everyone was like still buzzing after pride like we get to be ourselves fully there and then we can also come to church and this is this is a church and we still get to be ourselves fully and it was just fantastic um yeah so I'm excited for for this year's pride obviously covid has uh, scuppered the last two yeah um but I'm yeah I'm excited to to see see what this one brings up yeah, definitely. Exciting that we get to ring back Faith Tent as well. I think what I love about the Faith Tent and what Pride Cymru and what we've been able to do with Pride Cymru is that we're not a stall amongst loads. We're a tent in an obvious place, you know, at the back of the field where the main stage is. Um, you know, it's a prominent position uh, to be able to say to the queer community, isn't it, actually, Faith has changed in a lot of areas and is continuing to change and conversations are happening and actually you are loved by uh the community and this is where you can really experience that yeah and i like the fact that it's very sort of unintrusive as well like it's a presence you, you mm. can you know you look on your little map and you go oh there's a, there's a faith tent and you can you know because a lot of obviously a lot of queer people have been burned by the church so badly they never want to go back ever again in their lives and they never want to even see a church yeah and that is completely fair enough but I think the fact that we were there just sort of like just hanging out you know that's so important to for people to be like oh well these guys are okay yeah you know as sort of like a you know just it's, it's such a powerful statement without us even doing you know the Eucharist and everything just just the presence and, and yeah. as you say not like as a stool you know we weren't like there selling God or anything we were just 
hanging out. And we had some little craft bits for kids. And yeah, it was, it was so, it was so nice. And it was so, it's so good that we could have that presence. George, so you've been involved in the gallery for about four or five years, you said, which is amazing. And um, I was just wondering if you could tell us, because obviously we're celebrating our 10th year anniversary this year. Um, we're in the middle of our 10th year. Uh, what do you think the future is going to look like? So in your next four or five years and the gathering's next 10 years, maybe just what's up the road? Well, uh, first of all, uh, the band back, back together again. Back together. Um, yeah, that's exciting. That's sort of more immediate future. <laughs> um, I don't know. Continuing to be like a, like a presence in Cardiff is, is the main thing, you know. And as long as we are, like a very clear presence other churches who are curious about them gays um or curious about how to be more affirming and things you know they can they can contact us and we've got the uh we've got helen as our church link worker who who does um that sort of stuff works with churches who want to be more affirming yeah i think the longer that we can be just around and kicking up a stink the the less that other non-affirming churches can ignore us yeah because we're here we're queer and we're not going anywhere and I think that but you know the impact of that can't really be understated especially since quite a few churches in the local area recently signed signed a little letter saying that the government should actually not burn conversion therapy against queer people so um that's hot and spicy and I think there's like five or six local churches that signed that or their leaders did yeah. um so obviously there's still a lot of work to be done and I think we can really be the forefront of that sort of you know even just initiating these conversations in places that don't want to talk about it um and just being you know a presence that says look if we were really heretics like surely we would have folded by now yeah yeah I think yeah the, the the larger presence we can be and and the longer presence we can be in the community it can only be good for other churches and other young queer kids in those churches um who maybe can look to us and be like oh maybe I'm okay and that's that's it, isn't it, really? That's And especially in a city which, outside of churches, is really queer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Like, um, like uh, you know, there's a, for a, such a compact city, like a lot of queer venues and stuff like that, and um, actually uh, a massive uh, pride uh, march every year that COVID doesn't hit it and stuff like that, actually... Uh, a really open city and yeah for the us to be there as that church representation in the city center um is really important when the other churches around the city center aren't necessarily um obviously not all and there are some affirming in the city center um, but around the city itself not so much so yeah and it's it's really important like the faith tent it's really important to be visible to other queer people as well who either have never got involved with the church because they're like, oh, well, 
they don't they won't want me so why would I even bother exploring or you know those who have been brought up in in various churches that are unaffirming it, it's so important to just to be to, to be here and be like well you know God is okay with all this and if you feel comfortable in a place where you want to explore it again we're right here yeah um and also there's no pressure to do that because absolutely fair enough if you never want to go to a church ever again you know um but it's yeah it's so vital that we're a presence both for local queer people and for local straight churches I think it's fantastic so obviously you've been uh, heavily involved in the gathering in um attending and being in the band um what else has happened for you in the gathering so um so I have actually been baptised in the gathering, which is really exciting and um, was just like such a special thing for me to be able to do because I wasn't able to get baptised in my old church. And as a Baptist, that's kind of a, you know, a core tenement of what it means to be a Baptist. And so, yeah, Dell baptised me. It was the 24th of November 2019, I do believe. Gosh, it was just such a lovely service. Like my friends were in the band and some other friends came to support me and my parents, they also came to support me. And that was fantastic. And just really like a, you know, a, a visible marker of, of, of how much has changed and how much they've sort of, I don't know, grown in their being able to openly accept me as a queer person. and. Yeah come to my big queer church and <laughs> see me get baptised. It was, yeah, it was magical. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. Yeah, awesome that you can do that with your gathering family and with your family. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day uh, to speak to us. Well, Sam, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, it's been really great to talk to you and I can't wait to get the band back together and listen to this when it comes out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Gathering Podcast. Remember, you can follow us on our social media at The Gathering CDF or at The Gathering Cardiff. And you can find more information about us at thegatheringcardiff.org. Thank you.